You are listening to Sister Speak Life with your host, Marlene Paul. Because life comes and goes, you know, life, you know, big, big life events. But really, that's what it's about. The beauty in the between is finding those moments of beauty that don't come with like the highest highs or the lowest lows. And so often that's how our life is marked. Like if you were to go back and make a timeline of your life, it'd be like, this amazing thing happened. This awful thing happened. This amazing thing happened, you know? But we don't live there. Oh, welcome to Sister Speak Live, and this is Marlene. I hope you're having a great day. Today's episode is one that I've been waiting to share with you for a while. And because of the busyness of life, it took me a little while to get it out, but it's here today, and I hope you enjoy it. But before I get into what this episode is about, I would like to remind you of a few things. Please invite another person to listen to our podcast. We would love to see you guys part of the community if you're not part of the community on Facebook. And we would love to hear from you of what you think about our podcast and how it have been encouraging your soul. Now, on today's episode, Erica and I had a wonderful conversation with Pamela and it was such a joy. She is a woman that is so multifaceted. She is a missionary, a Bible teacher, inspirational teacher, and so much more. And she spoke today about spiritual restoration and the beauty in the between of what God has called us to. I hope today's episode truly encourages you and I hope it bless your soul. And it says Pamela and Craig on there. I don't know if you want to keep it that. <laughs> yeah, see, we share, we share like one subscription, you know? Mm-hmm. And I know there's a way to do this rename. There we go. Mm-hmm. And so he uses it for work sometimes, and I use it for work sometimes. It's more, it's more for church because, you know, we do life groups with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when we're doing it for work, we have to switch the picture and the name quick before our for our next meeting. So. Well, that's smart. You know, always say, you don't have two different ones like that too. It's not cheap, so. So I know you said you've been a lot, so been through a lot already and it's only Wednesday. So how are you doing today? <laughs> <laughs> today. I, <laughs> that's such an interesting question because I always feel like I want to be authentic. I never want to be that person that's just like, oh, fine, you know, like that, mm-hmm. which is what some people expect when they ask you that anyway, right? Mm-hmm. But but yeah, no, I am I'm I am good. I'm great. I am in a busy season, but I mean, that's good. I'm not bored and <laughs> I have my life is full and that's a good thing. So I'm great. Yeah. It's very easy to get bored right now. So it's good to hear that you're not oh. bored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most Anybody people bored? will beg to differ. Yeah. Like email me and I will give you some things to do. 
that's okay. Y'all heard that? That's an invitation. Yeah, invitation if you're bored. <laughs> and I like how you say, you know, you want to be authentic because that's one thing I always have when people say, how are you doing? And you, I don't want to hear the cliche, I'm fine. I want to hear the heart, like, how are you doing? You know, because some people, when I think to myself when some people say, when I ask, when someone asks me, how am I doing? Sometimes I think my heart, I give you the, I give the, okay, I'm fine. But do you really want to know how I'm doing? Well, here's a list of stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How much time do you have? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you have to figure out, you have to weigh the option of when can you be authentic and share everything. And when you have to limit how much you share, you share because sometimes people can't handle that load mm-hmm. that you have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But people can relate to it too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? One of the things that draws people in is um, authenticity. I mean, I think that's one of the things that most people ask for in a friendship or in a mate is authenticity. So, mm-hmm. you know, the more authentic you are, I think the more you draw people in. So yeah. I love that you're authentic. That is a good way to start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Pamela, yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself so people can know a little bit more about you. Just start with your background, family background of like, not go deep and deep. We don't have that much time, but just a like overview of your background about who is Pamela. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, I am married. My husband and I are both pastors. This is a second marriage for both of us. We've both been through divorce as pastors and missionaries. We have a blended family. We have five adult children. We have four grandchildren, two living and two that are in heaven, which is part of our, you know, part of our testimony and part of what makes us who we are. So I like to mention it, you know, mm-hmm. let's see, we live in Florida. We've lived in Florida for about six years now and came from Wisconsin, which is where I was born and raised. And let's see, what else can I tell you? Jeez. My- Everybody's thinking it already. As soon as you said Wisconsin, everybody was thinking it. Cheese. That's okay. <laughs> and so, no, I do not own a cheese head. <laughs> That's one of the first things people ask me. So, <laughs> yes, I am a huge Packers fan, but no, I do not own a cheese head. They're really expensive, and most Wisconsinites don't buy them because. They're really expensive. So the tourist wow, thing. Contrary to what we think. <laughs> Gimmick, yeah. <tourism>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but I am a big fan of cheese. So mm-hmm. you know, I really like how you include your family that's in heaven also as part of your family. Because I know I, I do that same thing also, you know, how much kids you have. I have two kids, one in heaven, one here. And it takes it, but it took me a while to be able to say that because of, you know, people are very sensitive on that um, issue and you, you know, but I'm glad how you incorporate that, you know, about a blended family. A lot of people can relate to that, but blended family. how does it feel like being a pastor and going through that? How was, how was that journey? Well, when I can speak personally about when I was going through divorce, when my first marriage ended, it was really painful because we had, You know, as a missionary, you have churches that support you and individuals that support you. And I think even more so like 20 years ago when this happened, you know. And so there were a lot of people that felt like they were invested in our lives. And so they felt like maybe that gave them a say into 
what was happening between my husband and I. Yeah. There was a lot of judgment and a lot of, you know, finger pointing and guilt Mm. and things like that. That was a time in my life that I just, it was reinforced that, you know, I answer to God and only God Mm. and only God knows everything that happened and everything that was said and everything that was done. Nobody else did. And so, you know, as long as, you know, I had that direct relationship and communication with the Lord, that, that was that was good enough. Oh, I like how you said I answer to God only. Yes. I have Something a question. I learned. Yeah, I have a question. You guys said that you had a blended family. So Pam, what was that like for your children? Because a lot of people that might be going through something like that, you know, would probably not know exactly how to deal with it as far as their children go. How was that like for you and your husband? Right. So, you know, divorce is so painful for children, maybe Uh even more painful sometimes than for their parents. But they're too young to um, know how to... First of all, just name the feelings that Mm -hmm. they're feeling, you know, but also they don't know how to healthily express them. And that actually comes out sometimes in anger toward a new step parent when really it's the pain from the divorce. You know, I'm actually part of a Facebook group that is, you know, Christians who've been divorced. And now that I'm like the old seasoned one on there. That's that's advice that I give all the time because we're the adults. We can't take it personally that our stepkids are having a hard time with us. Mm-hmm. And like I said, most likely they're not having a hard time with us. They're having a hard time with what happened between their mom and their dad. And exactly. they just don't know how to so what be adults about it. Somebody? There are what a lot of adults that don't know how to yeah. be adults mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. They know. Yeah. So, so what advice would you give somebody that's going through that? What advice would you give them in a sum up, you know, as far as how, how should they deal with their children going mm-hmm. through something like that mm-hmm. based on your experience? Right. And I think the bottom line, every communication that you have with them, they need to be a hundred percent sure of your love and they need to be sure of their, your ex spouse's love. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really good. We cannot, you know, we want to be spiteful. We want to just cut that ex-spouse completely out. But for mm-hmm. the sake of our kids, we can't do that. And mm-hmm. again, we have to remember that we're the adults and we have to really think about what do our kids need yeah, and meet them there. Yeah. You know, I remember, I remember nights where, you know, my daughter would cry. We'd pray at night together, you know, and she'd cry and cry you know, and she'd say, but why did we have to get divorced? Like, you know, she was part of the divorce, you know, and, Mm -hmm. you know, I would always just reassure her that it had nothing to do with her and that her dad and I still loved her very much. And, you know, all Mm -hmm. of that. But then I would go to my bed and I would cry (laughs) for an hour, you know, or whatever. That's awful. That's the for me, that was the worst thing was the fact that I put my kids through so much pain and it was an act of my will, you know, mm-hmm. to do that. And that is advice. I actually have a lot of young married people that come to me and say, well, hey, I'm a Christian. I'm even in ministry, you know, 
and I'm thinking about get divorced and getting divorced. And, you know, that was your situation. And now we see like, you're so happy with your second husband and God worked everything out. So it's almost like they're looking for permission, like for me to say, oh yeah, you know, that's Mm -hmm. going to be, hey, yeah, sure. No, go for it. You know, Mm -hmm. and I never, never, ever, ever (laughs) do I say that. And, you know, I'm just really honest with them. Like, you know, you think about like, I just want this part of it to end, but you don't think about the pain that it puts your children through and the, the healing and, and, and reconciliation and all of the things that you need to go through spiritually before you are fit, you know, for ministry again, or for, you know, whatever you want, you have this idea of what a new life is going to look like. Mm -hmm. I also tell them that, you know, comparison, like, it just doesn't work in this kind of situation because you take the situation you're in and compare it to some rosy, beautiful thing that doesn't even exist and mm-hmm. think, oh, that would be so much better. But that doesn't exist. The grass is not always green on the other side. No. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And also I have, you know, young ladies who come and say, well, I'm having an emotional affair with someone. My husband doesn't meet my needs and this person does and, you know, all of that. And then I just talk about, you know, the context of marriage and how God set marriage up for that. Yes. For our needs to be met. But first of all, we have to be going to God to meet our needs, Mm -hmm. not looking to our spouse to meet needs that only God can fill. And then also to remember that this person that they're talking to, that's making them feel so loved and so appreciated and whatever, you know, isn't living with you and (laughs) dealing with anything 24 seven there, you know, they see they see like the virtual you or the social media you and Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's just, there's no comparison. No, there's still blinders on. There's still like rosy colored glasses on before, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not naked and on the shame (laughs) yet. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I love the way you put that money. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's so much that, that they don't know. And that, you know, would be, cause for so many potential problems with this new person who you think is so wonderful mm-hmm. later on, you know, yeah, I also that. tell them that, you know, if you do get divorced, you bring that baggage with you to every relationship <laughs> from there on after. And that makes, you know, the next relationship exponentially more challenging. Yeah. I've never been divorced before. You know, let me just say that. So I don't know how that feels, but the people that I've known that I've been around have always told me that it almost feels like you're going through a death. Yes. It's so painful. It feels like someone passed away. Is yes. that true? Was that true for you? Did it feel like it was like somebody had passed away and you were mourning the loss of somebody very close yes. to you? Yes. Yes. As a matter of fact, so my first husband and I were missionaries and I would say that our marriage died on the mission field. Uh, missions is very hard, so hard in general, but then you add the dimension of of marriage and oh, so much. There's so much there that I could unpack, but we don't have all night. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, our, our marriage, there was probably the last three years that we were on the mission field. Our marriage was, you know, slowly dying. <laughs> and I actually, you know, went through that mourning process over those three years so when we came home from the mission field, 
and started preparing for our next admissions assignment. And that's when things really started to fall apart. My husband and I at that point were, you know, we had mourned the relationship. There really was no no relationship there anymore. We were great at putting on the front of it, though, because when you're going to a church and it was even a mass. You wear the mask. Yeah, the United yeah. Front. We're it was even great. said to us, you know, by our missions board, like nobody's going to want to support you if they know you're having marriage problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'd get up in front of churches on Sunday and be all, <laughs> you know. But anyway, by the time we, you know, made that decision and started telling people, and and I just want to say too that we sought out Christian counseling, because we both came from a background where divorce wasn't an option. Like being miserable for the rest of your life was an option, but divorce was not an option. And we sought Christian counseling. And it was actually the Christian counselor who said to us, you know, this is after spending a lot of time with us and seeing how things operated with us, you know, he was the one that said, this is, you know, dysfunctional. It's you're a mismatched couple. Wow. So many different things. He was the one that gave us permission. I hate to use that word even, but you know, he was the one that, that made us think that maybe divorce was an option. So by the time that we start, we started telling people that that's what, where we were and what was happening, everybody else still thought we had this beautiful, you know, marriage that, you know, we're so cute in the pulpit on Sunday, (laughs) you know? So that also figured into the whole, like, so many people and churches and groups invested in our ministry, you know, so they felt betrayed by the divorce <laughs> as well. They felt betrayed. Yeah. Yeah. Like they wow. made a covenant with you <laughs> with that, that ministry. So. By sending in their money every month, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Now when you, when you say that, I, and I, and you know, I'm, I'm part of this thriving in ministry cohort with St. Thomas and one of the parties is trying to help pastors. And I know when I was doing master, they had a whole thing about, you know, the wounded healer and not giving those pastors place to a safe space to open up and be themselves. Because when you go to church every Sunday, your shepherd, your sheeps expect you to be on. Yeah. And there's no way for you to be able to be transparent and say, this is what I'm going through, you know. Because if they see your wounds, they won't know how to handle it. Right. So, you know, so they were trying to, this is why I think some ministries are trying to form out of helping um, people who are in ministry to um, find that mm-hmm. balance, that safe space to be able to say, okay, this is what I'm going through. You know, this is where I'm at. Can you help? Can I, or even can I just, can you just be a listening ear without mm-hmm. judging me? Without yeah. judging me. For a minute, you know, for a minute. Yeah. You know, you want to vent without having, without having that, oh, you're supposed to have it all together. Right, right. And we're trying to understand, I mean, nothing's perfect. It doesn't take away from your anointing. You know what I'm saying? If God has ordained you and called you, divorce doesn't change that. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I know you are still a woman of God. You are still doing so many things in ministry. You're still just as powerful, probably even more powerful than you were before because God was first in your life. Divorce mm-hmm. didn't define you. Marriage didn't yeah. define you. You were a child of God before you ever found your husband. Amen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> that had nothing to do with it. And I think mm-hmm. that is the problem I think that I see the most in church is the judgment. Right. 
But for me, it's more like the compassion. I know for me, when I see people going through that, you know, people like you, Pam, that go through that, it's more for me like they don't deserve to go through what they're about to go through because I know it's about to be really, really hard for them. Right. So who are we to judge, you know? He who is without sin cast the first stone. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Yeah. You were about to say something, Pamela? Um, I wouldn't say well, we began by talking about authenticity. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> That's one of the reasons that I am so I've learned, you know, just like, hey, this is me. Like, I hope you like it, but if you don't, I have other friends and other exactly. And maybe um, your season that, is done. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I remember even after getting divorced, the kids and I moved away a little bit just for some, you know, space. And I remember going to several churches. And that first Sunday I was there, I intentionally would introduce myself to the pastor after church and say, I'm newly divorced, just to see what their reaction was. Because I came from a very fundamental, traditional church and judgment was huge. Judgment was a huge part of my my childhood and my adult life in that church. So, and there were so many churches where the response was, oh, you know, or like that, you know. And then there was a church that I went to and I was speaking to the pastor's wife afterwards and I said, you know, I'm I'm newly divorced. And she just went, oh, you poor thing. That is so hard. And then she introduced me to a couple other people in the church that, you know, were divorced. And to me, that was just like grace that I had found in so few people, people of God, you know, before that. And yes, that's the church where we, where we stayed, you know, for a good long time for a lot of other reasons too. But yeah, judgment is out there. And I, I think it's so unfortunate, but it's human nature that until you go through something, you don't understand it, you know, Mm, and I know that. This situation humbled me, you know, because up until then I had led a pretty goody two shoes kind of life, you know. So it was all like, you know, performance based, if you want to yeah. say that. You know, and that was the, the church I grew up in. You know, it was here's a list of things you do so God will love you. And here's a list of things you don't do so God will love you. Yeah. And it, and you, you have to learn that it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> So the uh, the concept of grace, it's like, why do you need grace if you just can keep this list of do's and don'ts, right? Mm-hmm. And so the concept mm-hmm. of grace was, you know, not something that had been taught a lot, actually, but also just something that I, didn't, I don't think I even grasped, you know, until until this happened. You know, I feel like getting divorced was was my first, like, big sin that happened because of my will, you know, knowing it was sin, I still did it. So I was very humbling. And it's that whole, like, you don't know until you've been through it. So mm. it, it does help. And it helps my husband and I, you know, be great coaches for couples that are blending families, going into, you know, their second marriage or whatever. We've had a lot of wonderful opportunities to counsel couples in that situation, you know, before marriage and after marriage, mm-hmm. because it continues, right? Yes. So, I mean, I see how the Lord has taken what Satan meant for evil and made it for good, just like the Bible says he does with everything, you know, mm-hmm. and he's given Craig and I a unique 
position or platform to 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 minister you know you know so much of society nowadays because you know there are so many people out there now that are divorced separated estranged you know all of that yeah and I like how you you said it had to have been that it had to have been hard for you I'm sorry it had I'm sorry Marlene but it had to have been hard for you. I want people to understand. I'm like, you know, when you come from a background like yours, where you were taught that it was wrong, it makes it even harder for mm-hmm. you to walk away because you were taught that you're not supposed to. Yeah. Right. So I applaud you for walking away for your own peace of mind. I applaud you, Pam, because I know that was hard for you, for you to have mm-hmm. grown up knowing that that's not something that you're supposed to do, that the church taught you not to do that. Mm-hmm. But you mm-hmm. did it because you knew that you needed to do it for you and for your relationship with God. I mean, yeah. that's that takes a lot of effort to be able to make a decision like that. And I applaud you for that. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. It was only it was only God. I mean, all of it, <laughs> uh-huh. all of it, you know, yeah. only God. So. Yeah. So how is that this, I guess this, this journey that you've been through impact your ministry right now? Cause you mentioned that you do counseling with Craig. Is that the main thing that came out of that? Is that one of the fruits that came out of that? Or is there something else? Or there's more to that story? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. In our, in our church in Wisconsin, where we were before we came here to, to Florida, we were it was a multi-campus church. And so we were asked to do the premarital counseling for, for a lot of couples where it was going to be blended or this was, you know, their second marriage. And, you know, there's a, a unique group of things that you need to be aware of and prepared for in that kind of a situation. So that really was, you know, a, a great, you know, a great privilege for us to be able to do that with people so that they're going in with their eyes wide open, not going in thinking, you know, oh, my first, second marriage is going to be so much better than my first marriage, but it's not unless, you know, the work <laughs> changes have been made. Exactly. The work has been yes. done, you know? So, and then here in Florida, just informally, we've had the opportunity to, to work with, you know, so many couples and couples too, who are considering divorce. I think that's one of the most rewarding things is, you know, sitting down with couples like that and telling them this is really not the answer. Trust us, you know, it's not the answer. Mm-hmm. So again, you wonder why you go through things, but with perspective, 20 years of perspective, you know, you mm-hmm. can see it. Yeah. Amen. That. Amen about that. This is some powerful stuff here, you guys. <laughs> I hope y'all are listening. I hope y'all got y'all pens and y'all paper out. You're taking notes. Yeah. If you're going through anything like this, this is like Pam is such a wellspring of knowledge in this mm-hmm. field. I mean, she says it with the heart of God. She is not saying it from her mind, but she's saying it with the heart of God. And she's being truthful and honest and very authentic and genuine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I saw you put at your, you had a big, tell me more about your beauty in the, in, be, in the between. Beauty in the between. Beauty in the between. Yes. yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I'm like excited. I love the whole name of that beauty mm-hmm. in the between. In, <laughs> in the between. <laughs> I'm getting tongue tied today. So I'm like, okay. I'm like looking at it. I'm like, oh, what's, you know, it's like, it's in that. Just share more about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, that's a blog that I started, Beauty in the Between. There have been starts and stops along the way as life comes and goes, you know, life, you know, big, big life events. But really, that's what it's about. The beauty in the between is finding those moments of beauty that don't come with like the highest highs, 
or the lowest lows. And so often that's how our life is marked. Like if you were to go back and make a timeline of your life, it'd be like, this amazing thing happened. This awful thing happened. This amazing thing happened, you know, but we don't live there. We don't live here and here. Or if we do, like we need medication. Can I say that? You might have to edit that later. <laughs> you know what I mean? all wrong. <laughs> we don't live there. We don't live way up here all the time. I mean, I hope we don't live way down here all the time. And so if we can find those like those moments that are just like common everyday moments, if we can find beauty in that that is therapeutic. You know, it speaks to mindfulness, which is like the term that everybody likes to use now for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, but even just, for example, like I said, it's been super crazy busy at work right now. I'm a, a senior grants manager of a mid-sized nonprofit here in South Florida. But my beauty in the between lately, this week especially, has been taking 20 minutes in between meetings and just going and sitting out on my lanai and just listening to the birds and um, looking at my backyard and planning how I'm going to landscape it all. Cause we just moved into a new house recently. Oh. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> you know, I know, you know, I know a lot. Of yes. So, but you know, you know, finding those little moments, like for example, you know, a phone conversation with my daughter, you know, who's in Wisconsin and far, far away. And, you know, I haven't seen her much lately, but instead of being upset about that, you know, finding the beauty in what is there, you know, so I guess gratitude, mindfulness, counting your blessings, really, and and reminding yourself that those moments are beautiful, you know, but in order to do that, we have to kind of pause and recognize that, you know, in the moment at the, at that time, this is my mental health beauty in the between for the day yeah and I find that you have to be intentional about planning that because you know with the business of our culture mm-hmm. it's really hard to take that pause and, right. and do that no right and sometimes we can find it in unexpected places too you know when we're not intentional about it God's grace <laughs> makes it happen for example Last week, I went and I visited a friend who is dying. She's in her very last days. And this is a very good friend of mine. And to get to her house, I needed to take a major, major interstate highway system. But as I was getting ready to get on there, there was an accident reported. You know how Google Maps comes up with like, there's been an accident. Yeah. Seven minute delay. Or do a 180- (laughs) slam it in reverse and go down that other ramp over there, you know, kind of thing. So I ended up doing that. And it, it, the detour took me through these wonderful, beautiful, you know, narrow two lane roads with no shoulder with these, you know, giant canopy of trees and Spanish Mm. moss down. And, and that was my beauty for that day. I grew up rural. I grew up in rural, rural Wisconsin, Northern Wisconsin. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, so for me, that is so restorative and, you know, to recognize that in the moment and and be able to say, thank you, Lord, like this revived my soul, you know, Mm -hmm. even in like a circumstance 
in an event that was so difficult, you know, you know, finding that beauty. And then actually, after I left um, my friend's house, I had to drive from Central Florida down to South Florida. And I had all afternoon. So I on my GPS, I put avoid highways. <laughs> and, avoid <laughs> and I ended up coming home on some really interesting back roads. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it was just so beautiful and so restorative and it was exactly what I needed on Saturday. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, God provides those moments. Being intentional is the best and the healthiest, but God provides them, you know, unexpectedly. Very too. randomly. Yeah. So randomly. yeah. That's an yeah. excellent story. So that's, yeah. a one, that's one practice I'm going to probably implement about, you know, seeing the beauty in that moment. I, I was just thinking, okay, what did I do today that caused that? And I know one thing is during my planning time, I had a working, I'm a teacher. So my parents said, you know what, let me just spend some time, get on Zoom with my son because he's homeschooling. He's in spring break right now and watch him play Prodigy. And that was like a beautiful moment because, you know, I get to spend time with him while, because right now he's at my mom's house <laughs> yeah. while we're fixing up the house and I'd be able to spend time. And so that, that reminded me of the beauty of mm-hmm. that too. So like, that's a good, good thing to implement. I, I like that. that. Thank I you for sharing that. that. My pleasure. I love that. Yeah. So I'm a tree girl too, Pam. I love trees. Are you? Oh my gosh. My husband thinks it's funny because if I see a very uniquely beautiful tree, I'll make him stop the car so I can take a picture of it because I'm a I'm a Georgia girl. Yes. So oh my gosh. I love my trees. So yes. yeah, I will yeah. make him pull over and he's like, There's something wrong with you. I'm like, No, it's just so beautiful. That's awesome. It's like the coolest tree I've ever seen. Yes, I, I know trees. I can <laughs> My dad I love nature, so I get it. Yeah. And yeah, so, you know, he I get it. Like what all the trees were. And my husband laughs at me all the time because I'm like, look at that spruce or look at that balsam or look at that whatever. And he's like, it's a pine tree, you know. <laughs> but, but I get so excited when I can. I do it. too. And my husband looks at me and he's like, really? It's a tree. It's all going to be like, you need to come back and do a photo shoot. Of, I want a photo shoot by that tree right there. We're going to come back in about three weeks and I'm going to do my makeup and we're going to do a photo shoot by that yes. tree. And he'll look, he'll be like, did you do really? it? Like, did you do this? Did you do the photo several shoot? Several times I have made him take me to a tree that I saw that I do not forget and make <laughs> him take a picture of me next to that tree. I love trees. That's amazing. They're just peaceful. They yeah. provide shade. They're beautiful to look mm-hmm. at, and they're Mother Nature, and they're alive. They're life. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're life exactly. growing out the ground. Yeah, exactly. I think that every everything that grows, you know, is a picture of God's grace and the fact that His mercies are always yes. new. Because especially in Wisconsin, where we have like six months of winter. <laughs> <laughs> You know, when you start seeing those little tiny green shoots come out of the ground in the spring, it is like the most amazing thing. And like, I would check it three times a day and be like, it's up another half inch. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. You know, so to me, that is just, it's a, it's a picture of faith, you know? Well, if you read throughout the Bible, there's trees all throughout the Bible. There's references to trees and there's references to life in there too so it's like it's all throughout the bible and erica when you come over to my house you will see this beautiful oak tree right in front of the house <laughs> that i'm gonna want to take a picture in front of <laughs> don't say that because <laughs> i will you don't understand it's bad 
It's uh, bad. We'll be in like midst of a busy street and I'll see the train make a U-turn and drive by it and pull into a parking lot. It's bad. Yeah. The, the owner, yeah. previous owner told me that the owner before us planted that tree when their kids were young and they wanted to take the tree with them because the kids are all adults now. So it's like over 30 years or old. So they were like, they wanted to take the tree with them, but it was too expensive to take the tree with them. <laughs> <laughs> fully grown so it's like okay we have a tree that has a story behind it so even that tree have a story behind it awesome i love that yeah so you by seasons you know yeah florida where there really aren't that many seasons (laughs) (laughs) well can i just say something that i find ironic with everything that you said pam it's almost like you're a tree because you have many branches from your experiences I love that. Like it's like yeah. you grew, and as you grew, you had another new branch from another mm-hmm. experience, and another new uh-huh. branch from another experience. But the cool thing about all of your branches is that that they all produce some form of a fruit in your life, and uh-huh. that's probably one of the most amazing things about yeah. what you said mm-hmm. is that it produced this beautiful edible fruit. You can produce <laughs> fruit, but you can produce some fruit that's not edible. Amen. Okay? Amen. It produced so edible fruit, and people are picking from your tree branches and they're yeah. eating the fruit that you're producing and that is uh-huh. so awesome yeah and i just found the similarity in that god just kind of showed me that he's like you are a tree honey yes love well, that. that go ahead that ministers to me because even now even though i know it's wrong i find myself thinking god why didn't my life turn out the way i wanted it to turn out you know but you know if it did that tree would look more like a coconut tree <laughs> You know, with <laughs> not a lot that's useful for everything that yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Guess, I guess. Yeah. 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 Thank you. And when you say that coconut, some coconuts don't have water in it and they're not good. Right. <laughs> and yeah. I, and, yeah. So it's like when you say that, that, that is true. You don't want to be that. You don't want to look. You don't want it to be from your, if you say, what did I, why didn't I get mm-hmm. the, the way I do? Because it's not your way, it's God's mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's you know, it's taking off that lens and seeing things the way God sees it. Mm-hmm. And he had a plan for his, your life. And you you said you would not, would not be able to minister the way you minister right now if you've not gone through what you've gone through. You know, mm-hmm. and if you, like, like I always say, for myself, I, say, I pray for patience and like, Lord, he gave you things that tries your patience, that teach you patience. So don't pray for certain something. Yeah. <laughs> pray for something else. <laughs> don't pray for patience. <laughs> because it's really I, hard. I, I disagree. I pray for. Pa- I have to pray for patience at least five, six times a week. <laughs> and there will I'm be things that come test person. your patience. God yeah. is still working on me. God is still working on me. I'm pretty impatient, but I catch it. Praise God. I catch it. Yeah. You know, I don't just run with it and keep doing it. I do catch it. So, yeah. So it's like, I know you're, you're shared so much. I know that I know if we took and dissect yes. and unpack every single part of your story, Pam, we will be here like forever. Mm-hmm. But what are some practical advice you can give to those who are listening that probably have that same journey that you've been through or going through that same journey that you've been through? Hmm. Oh, my word. So many things. First of all, is probably what I just said I need to tell myself all the time is God does have a plan. And you, it won't make sense in the in the in the moment in the time. But you have to trust that you have to walk in faith. I've seen people who 
their faith journey didn't go their way or the way they wanted it to or something in their life. And, you know, they just kind of throw up their hands and, and walk away from God, you know, along with everything else that's wrong in their life. But that is, that's not what's the word I'm looking for. I'll just say that's not what we're called to do. Uh We're called to be faithful in the hard times, be faithful in the times where, (laughs) you know, we're not walking, we're crawling or we're like army crawling, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like a four month old kind of rolls around on the floor, kind of like that, you know, (laughs) but, but to remain faithful and know that God does have a plan. God hasn't forgotten you there, you know, what you're going through. It's not, it's not punishment. It's not say proof that God doesn't love you or doesn't have a plan for your life or, you know, don't listen to the voices of other people because some of that does get communicated, whether intentionally or not, you know? Uh So don't listen to those other voices. Remember that God is the only one you answer to. Uh Remember too, that God is merciful. Yes. God is just, God is perfect, sinless, but God is also so merciful, so merciful. And if you take the thing in your life that you felt the most compassionate toward and multiply it by a thousand, God is even more merciful than that. (laughs) We can't out mercy God. No, we can't. Amen for that. You know, when we think about that, when I, when I was going through that, the, you know, the really hard, dark time right after separating and getting divorced, so let me back up two steps. So when I was young, my mom had this rocking chair that we all got rocked in. And I believe it was actually my grandparents' rocking chair before that. Uh-huh. And it was wood and um, it had this wonderful creaking like rhythm as you rock back and forth. It's like, er, 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 only much better than that. And, you know, my mom rocked me and my two younger sisters in it. And that was always just such a a comfort. And, you know, I remember my, my baby sister crawling up in my mom's lap when she was like, you know, 10, 11, 12, maybe even, you know, and my mom rocking her because that was so comforting. So anyway, when I was going through that darkest time, one day God gave me a vision of him sitting in that rocking chair and I was sitting in his lap. Oh, wow. And I heard that sound that I heard my whole childhood, "Er, er, er," (laughs) you know, (laughs) and God was rocking me in that rocking chair. And that, you know, that too was just so, cause like I said, with that list of do's and don'ts, it was God will love you if, or God will not love you, you know? So that was a message that I had to overcome, I guess. So know that God loves you. Know that, you know, there's nothing we can do that will make God not love us or that will ruin God's purpose for us mm-hmm. because we can't do that. Yeah. He's God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? you know, and when you say that, you know what, there's nothing we can do that make God don't love us or love us more because he is love. If you look mm-hmm. at the greatest commandment, it says it commanded us to love the Lord our God with all of our heart. And so we're the one so they don't love him enough. So he it was like, okay, I'm already love. So I'm just commanding you to love me back. Yes. <laughs> you know? yes exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And to be a vessel of that love to the next person that needs it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Don't keep it all for yourself. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And that's 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 some good advice that you share. I don't know if you want to have add anything to that, Erica. I was going to ask the next question. Oh no, <laughs> I was just listening. I was while while you were talking, I was just thinking that God just put in my heart. You know, there's so many people that just don't forgive themselves sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah. I just I was listening to you, and I think forgive God is a forgiving God, and everything that you said about Him being merciful and everything. But you got to forgive yourself too. You you ask yes. God for forgiveness forgiveness for what you've done but god is waiting for you sometimes to forgive yourself yeah what you did yeah you know i've been hearing a lot about people saying you can't pull from an empty cup and in order for Mm -hmm. god to fill you you need to be able to allow him to fill you so you can be overflow Mm -hmm. so you can fill someone else's cup like that too so when you're saying that you know you know with that journey that you went through that's why i'm very passionate about hearing people's stories because mm-hmm. it frames our the way we see things. It frames, you know, our our passion and our purpose. It's from the way we see God in, right. in life. And then if you don't share your stories, no one will, you know, you might hear someone who's listening right now and said, I'm going through that same thing and I didn't know that it was okay. You know, and and we don't have that platform to share our story. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that you know you honored us and share a portion of your story where someone can see themselves through that and understand that God's grace, you know, through it Mm -hmm. is sufficient and God loved them. Not, not because of that, in spite of that, God, (laughs) God, God still loves us, you know? So Mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to add anything to that, but I was going to ask you, you know, if you have anything that you can add it while you answer this question, what, no, the what is your support system looking right now? How does it look right now? You know, mm-hmm. in general, because I know from before, you know, it's, it's always changing. So our yeah. support system is always changing. So right now in this season, when we're going towards the end of COVID, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes people don't have that support system because it's different. It looks different mm-hmm. now. So what does yours look like right now? Right. Well, I believe very, very firmly in mentoring and discipling. And so I always make sure that I have someone who's mentoring me. And then I love mentoring other people. I love mentoring, you know, especially young women in ministry. That's my heart, you know, but my support system looks like my, my family, my mom and I are close and she's a wonderful source of encouragement always has been you know I have I have a mentor who was my mentor in Wisconsin who she and I still talk to each other weekly which is wonderful I usually laugh more in that hour than I do like the rest of the week sometimes (laughs) because not only is she a mentor but you know, she's become such a great friend and she also is a woman in ministry. So a lot of times we can laugh about things that other people don't understand mm-hmm. <laughs> unless you're there, unless you've been there, you know, mm-hmm. so and that's just a wonderful friendship in our church. Now there's another woman who, who she and I are actually putting together a, a, a Bible, I guess I'll call it a Bible study, a life group curriculum, I'll say for women who have been abused betrayed trauma. And actually, Erica, when you were saying, sometimes we have to forgive ourselves, you know, that as well, like sometimes we betray and traumatize ourselves, you know. Mm -hmm. So this is a a study that that we put together 
this is our second time doing it this life group semester and it our our plan is to you know share it with the world at some point here but anyway she is a wonderful support um to me my husband is a wonderful support to me i'm so thankful for mm-hmm. his leadership and the fact that he is a spiritual leader in our home i i just can't say enough about how wonderful <laughs> um my adult kids too have become can't part forget of- them. <laughs> no, I mean it's so awesome that you know we can have these adult conversations. One thing I wanted to say, I think I started saying it, but then I, we went to something else about the you know the divorce part, and that my daughter would cry every night. <laughs> I never finished that thought, but I go ahead, finish it. Yeah. So you know, I said I would go to bed and I would cry too, and I would just pray, Lord, when she's an adult make it so she understands or, you know, and that has happened with all three of my children, I think, as you know, they've become adults, we've been able to have conversations, you know, that, that have restored life and, you know, restored the years the locusts have taken, like it says in the Bible, you know, Wow. Um, so that is something I want to encourage people going through this as well you know, just remember someday your kids will be adults and they will understand, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. So. That is so true. That's so true. So like, I like how you shared all of that. And I see how, you know, there's like a common trend when they talk about support system, you know, like what if someone who can't, you know, what would advice that you get to someone who is trying to like put together that support if they're lacking that? That's right such a great question. Mm-hmm. I love that. I have to think about that answer. <laughs> that was not even on my list. <laughs> I was just thinking. <laughs> no, it's such a great question. I would say there look for don't look for all the obvious places. You know, like if people think, oh, I need encouragement or whatever, they automatically think of like their pastor or their pastor's wife or, you know, but but look for other women in the church. First of all, join a life group. <laughs> <laughs> and my church go. doesn't pay me to say that, but <laughs> that's a big thing at our church. Life groups, life groups, life groups. That's where we find that fellowship and that support system. In my my nine to five job, we call it building social capital. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, find find groups where you can get involved, whether it's church, whether it's you know, whatever season of life you're in, there's there's probably some group out there that you can find like-minded people. Mm-hmm. I feel especially now with social media, there's no there's no way it might be difficult, but there's no way that you can say I don't have a support system. I feel, you know, because social media is is there. It's, you know, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good answer. I just well, kind of That's your answer. So that, well, that is there, but do you specifically like if somebody wanted to reach out to you yeah. specifically, mm-hmm. is How there a group they, they can follow that you are right, right, right. Okay. So actually I have a few things here. So they can go to my beauty in the between.com site and there's a contact me, you know, option there. I would love to hear, you know, people's stories. I I definitely do respond to people. It might not be tomorrow or I might have to finish a grant that's due next week or something, you know, but but I do, you know, always respond to people. I'm in I'm in several different Facebook groups that I've just found through, you know, just through interests. I belong to a pastor's wife Facebook group. I belong to, like I said, a step stepmom, stepkid 
support group. I don't know what you want to call it, like <laughs> Facebook group, you know, so these are people that I never even knew. In fact, some of them I've never met face to face, but mm-hmm. you know, we've, we've seen, seen the other person in that group and thought that's a like-minded person or that's a kindred spirit, however you want to say it, mm-hmm. you know? And so, I mean, that, that's, that's an option. Yeah, that's an option, but yes, please do, you know, feel like you can contact me. I not only, you know, do I respond to people, but I like to connect people to resources too, if I can, you know, so yeah, definitely they can contact me for that. Yeah. And all this will be, all your contact information that you want me to put on the, will be in the show notes. So, you know, whatever you sent me, I don't know if there's, can I put your contact information? I'm not, you know, I'll, I'll verify with you, which one you want me to put on there, but if you have any other additional, your social media handle, your website right. will be on there so we can, they can contact you through mm-hmm. those, the handle. I am like so glad that we were able to like talk with you. I feel like we need to have like a part two sometime where we can just like, yes, just like definitely. have a, like a sister circle where we just talk about anything. Yes. Yeah, I would love that. You know, after living for this long, there are a lot of things I can talk about. You know? <laughs> so. Yeah, well, we've just touched the iceberg. Miss Pam has been through very many things. And yeah, I would love to hear some more of her stories because they're so awesome. They're so yeah. great and so informative. Yeah, yeah. and I, I connected yes. with you with when, when we had to share that pa- that panel with each other and with Pram yeah. Pursue Pray. I'm like, there's something about her, but let me just, you know, it's like, let's connect, you know, and it's just one way of, you know, God connecting people together. Yeah. And I'm excited yeah. to see what God do in what is doing in your life. I might say, maybe I just come into your little mentoring session on your time. Honestly, if people were interested in doing a virtual life group, you know, of like-minded women, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. And I know I would learn more than I, you know, shared probably. So yeah, oh, that'd be um, cool. If I can mention final remarks or closing or mention yeah. whatever you want to mention. <laughs> One thing I wanted to mention for sure is a few other ladies and I are putting together a support group for pastor's wives who are going through divorce or have gone through divorce. We've found like that that is such a need when you are a ministry couple and something happens. There's just so many dynamics there that, you know, (laughs) I can't even go into them all. I'm like thinking, how do I? pare this down, but I don't pare it down. I'm just going to say there are a lot of dynamics. So that group is, we have a a website called, and this is brand new. Like we haven't started it yet. We're in the talking stages and the, you know, concept stages, but we're calling the group beauty from ashes. Mm -hmm. And we have a website, findbeautyfromashes.com. Mm-hmm. And you can subscribe there. We're going to be having like weekly content on social media, several times a week mm-hmm. content on social media. I'll be contributing weekly. A couple other ladies will as well. So that's, you know, if you're someone who's in ministry and you find yourself in this kind of a situation, there's a whole um, other, you know, dimension of dynamics there that um, we want to address in that group. Yeah. So awesome. I mention that that's awesome. Group. 
So I'm glad that you so shared needed. that. That's that, that so needed. So I'm glad yes. that you mentioned that. I would, you know, I say if, I say if there's any, I say if there's anything else you want to say, say it now or forever hold your peace. And that was really a good thing. So I'll just get that and I'll put it also in the show notes and make a mention of that. So if they if they can connect with you if you're a pastor's wife, you know, that's going through the same thing, please connect with Pam. She's an yes. awesome woman of God. I'm so glad that you were able to come. I don't know if there's anything else, but I know we wrapping it up. <laughs> um, let's see. One more thing I guess I could plug is <laughs> I also have a consulting business and I hmm. do grant writing, grant research. I've been in the nonprofit industry my entire career. You know, the first 15 years of it was church, nonprofit industry, <laughs> ministry, missions, fundraising, all of that communications. And then when we came back to the U.S., you know, I've been involved in nonprofit leadership ever since. So I, um, I'm i a grant writer. I also like to help organizations do strategic planning. I like to help people who like have a dream for a nonprofit or a ministry, but they have no idea how to get it off the ground. Mm-hmm. That's like my my sweet spot there. I love that. Okay. I'll get started you know, whether it's the setting up your chart of accounts, because I'm also a geek, or if it's you know, <laughs> all the other things that you need to know before you start a nonprofit, whether okay. it's the program, the people, the ministry part, or the, the administrative part, um, I can help. And I love doing that. So, oh, wow. That's wow, good. That so good so you're a multifaceted woman that has a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to have a conversation after this, Pam. I'm going to yes, call ma'am. you. <laughs> Okay, it's okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye, Erica. Bye, Pamela. Bye, Marlene. Thank you okay. so much. Okay. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as Erica and I did. It was such a fun time to have this conversation with such a woman that has a heart towards restoration. She encouraged us to look for the beauty in the moments. In between our situation and all of our different seasons, she encouraged us to find the beauty of God in it. I encourage you as you go throughout your day, Spend some time, pause, even if it's for five minutes, and look around you and see and find the beauty in the midst of wherever you're at. You know, we are the reflection of God, and we're made in the image of God, and He created His creation to give us glory. Whether it is to take a moment and look at the sky, look at the birds, smell the roses, whatever it is, take some time and look for the beauty in between your circumstance because God will use you despite what's going on in your life. I pray that you're encouraged. I pray that you're blessed and I pray that God cover you in all that you do. Remember to speak the word of God over every area of your life because our word have power of death and life. 
to change our circumstance and God encourages us to speak life. So my sister, as I close today, I encourage you to speak life. Have a great day and see you on our next episode. Bye. Sisters Speak Life is a ministry of Rose of Alpha Omega. Find out more at roseofalphaomega.org.